Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. Well, we're starting a new series called The Provider. The Provider. When when I think about Psalms 23, I I think of so many things. I think of contentment, and we've read about things, uh, Jacob and I, as we looked at bringing the series to you. Uh, One author called it From Despair to Delight. I, I, I think about when I read this, I think about the word contentment, but I also think about the provider. I don't know if some of you have ever read your insurance policies, your homeowner's insurance policies. They change like the wind or the weather. And I, I, don't, I didn't know that if you have hurricane insurance, did you know that it doesn't cover a flood? It doesn't necessarily cover a flood. If you have in, hurricane insurance, I'm thinking, duh, I can't believe that. So you have to know what's in your policy You have to know your provider that they're trustworthy because there's a lot of providers that will not follow through what they said they would do. You know all about that, so you hire an agent, an adjuster, or something like that that will get you what you have coming to you. Well, I want us to really get to know our provider, our shepherd, in a greater way. It just oozes out contentment, ease, peace, rest provisions and such things like that and know the provisions that he has in store for those that are his today i've entitled this morning's message total confidence when you know who your provider is you can rest you have you get in a car accident you 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 get you think you got bumper to bumper insurance but now what do they call it when you drive out with a new car what are they trying to sell you before you drive out that, that just in case you get in a car accident five minutes after you drive out of that parking lot with a new car and you get in a crash, your insurance does not cover everything. Did you know that? You got to buy a, what's the name of that, you insurance folks? Gap. <laughs> I mean, they find all kinds of ways to make money on you and me. But you have to know the provisions in that policy. You have to know your provider. And some, some providers have an excellent reputation I won't say who those providers are, but I know that Jesus Christ has an excellent reputation of providing for us. I, I think of the two things I shall not want. When I think about Psalms 23, I think about I shall not want and I shall not fear. But those are a couple things that I think about. But let's look at this together. Would you stand one more time for some exercise as we read Psalms 23? Now, I remember when I first got saved, I memorized this in the King James Version. I'm not going to try to impress you and, and, and say it out of the King James Version, but I've gone over and over it myself. And by the way, we're, it was, you know, we're bringing our Bibles. How many have a Bible here? Would you raise it? It's nice to see. Oh, nice Bibles. Love to see you bring your Bible and begin reading and marking and underlying. I know when I walk around in my office and I get away from my notes, get away from my commentaries and just get alone, I really believe I'm alone with God when I read his word. And things come to my mind in the fellowship we have and what he wants me to say to the congregation. Get alone with the word of God and the word alone. But here's how it reads in Psalms 23. Actually, 
Would you guys read it with me, okay? Are you ready? We'll try to, I'll try to conduct. When I went to seminary, they taught me how to lead music, really, by the way. Okay, are you ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I want. He lets me rest in green. Wait, wait, okay. We have to start all over again. Okay, it's all, it's all right to make mistakes. We're not a perfect people, okay? We're going to start back from the beginning one more time, okay? Let's see if we can do it. Okay, wait, verse 1. Are we ready? Set, go. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I want. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He leads by strength. He guides me along the right path. Bringing honor to his name. Well, valley of the Sabbath, I will feel fear. Make for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely, goodness and unfailing love. Amen. Wow. That was, that was a little, you may be seated. That was a little harder than conducting in the King James. Oh, it just, it has, there is something wonderful about the King James. It just flows beautifully. How many know in the King James version? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Salah. I memorized that when I first got saved, probably one night I went to bed and I just repeated those verses and it never left me. You can memorize God's verses, but you got to get to one Bible and find comfort in that one translation because I believe many of us do not memorize verses anymore because we have so many different translations. Well, with that being read, I want to remind you about this particular psalm. By the way, there are two popular verses or passages in the whole Bible. Psalms 23 is second to what? John 3, 16. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will never perish, but has everlasting life. Two of the most precious passages that people run to when there is trouble. People turn to life's most difficult, in life's most difficult times, they turn to this particular passage. I think it was uh, Charles Spurgeon that called this the pearl of all the Psalms in the book of Psalms. Another reason why people love this particular Psalm so much is because of the first person pronouns. You'll read such words, I, me, mine. In fact, there are over 17 first personal pronouns in six verses. 
So Psalms 23 takes us from an impersonal relationship to a personal relationship with our God. The world is a fearsome place. Just turn on the news. If we manage with the help of our parents and our teachers and friends to survive the dangers of infancy and childhood, we find ourselves launched into an adult world that is ringed with terror, accident, disease, violence, and conflicts. King David, in his lifetime, experienced all of this and lived to write about it. I will fear no evil. Well, I want us to look at this passage again. The Lord is my shepherd. And when I think about that, I think about having confidence. First of all, I want you to think about having confidence in your provider. So I want to think about this word, shepherd. I want you to think about a shepherd, the shepherd, and my shepherd. We need to become familiar with the provider by becoming familiar with the word shepherd or the role of a shepherd or the vocation of shepherd, that will provide a lot more confidence in your provider. Well, let's get to know the shepherd, a shepherd. I don't know if you realize this, but starting with Abel, the first two brothers that were on the earth, Cain and Abel, Abel was a shepherd. And then, of course, the patriarchs were shepherds, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were all shepherds. You know, Moses was a shepherd. For 40 years, he shepherded in the wilderness his father-in-law's sheep. King David, the greatest king of all of Israel, was a shepherd. He took care of his father's sheep. So we're very familiar with this word shepherd. In fact, beginning with chapter 49 of the book of Genesis, we have the image of God as Israel's shepherd, beginning, of course, in chapter 48, and continuing through the whole Old Testament and in the New Testament, we're given the picture of Jesus, our shepherd, the promised Messiah. Well, Jesus also told us something about not only the, the vocation of a shepherd, but he talked about hired shepherds. They will not take care of, they will not provide for the sheep like he would because they're hired. They're not their own. And remember in John 10, 12 through 13, he said, a hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Well, you and me are God's sheep, and he is our shepherd, and we need to have confidence in our shepherd that he'll do the very things that are spelled out in Psalms 23. That's a shepherd. Now, let's get to know the shepherd that's actually spelled out in this passage. Now, when I go to this passage, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. The first thing I was thinking about when I was studying this passage is <clears throat> sometimes we do an injustice to Yahweh, Jehovah. You see, many people, especially in the 1700s, 1800s, and even today are called Lord. Or when you say God, how do we know who is God we're talking about or which God we're talking about? 
That's why I love my messianic friends, and that's why I like to go to the complete Jewish Bible, which I have on my computer, and it reads, Adonai is my shepherd, and Adonai means Lord of lords, but really when you trans- translate it from the Hebrew, it is Jehovah-Rohi, the, and you'll see a lot of Jehovah something in Psalms 23, but right off the bat, the Lord is my shepherd. Now we know who we're talking to, who we're talking about, so we have confidence in who our provider is. We're talking about Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, David is saying, Jehovah, the covenant name whereby Israel knew their God, Jehovah Yahweh. Now you know who you're talking about. I don't know about you. Don't, do you like your name being shouted out at times, especially when it comes time to win a prize? I know my name is Everybody knows me by Ron, but you know my real name is Ronnie. And I know when the doctors want me to come to their office or the physical therapist wants me to come to their they always say Ronnie. They say my full name. They know that people like to hear their full name. Don't you hate when people butcher your name? I know I was, I, I was uh, c- conversing with a, a, a young lady last night called Carolina. Well, there's Carolina, there's Catalina, there's Caroline, there's in, in Latin, I think it's Catalina, which, which, which one are you? I don't want to butcher that name because that name can be said in many different ways. There's something precious about a name. And so when you go to the scriptures, it is wonderful to become comfortable with who he is. He is Jehovah. Now we know who we're talking about. Now we've identified it is the God of Israel. He is Lord of lords. He is King of of kings, And there are many other things that you'll be learning about him in the coming weeks as we go through this particular passage. But what I want you to think about when we think about the shepherd, you may not realize this, but chapter 22, chapter 23, and chapter 24 spell out the threefold ministry of the shepherd, Jesus. Let me show you that. We know him. In John 10, 11, he tells you and me, I, there is the good shepherd, there is going to be the great shepherd, and there's going to be the, the chief shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And when you go to Psalms 22, it's all about the cross. Now, he is also the great Shepherd. He is known as the great shepherd in Hebrews 13, 20. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. So you have the good shepherds spelled out in Psalms 22. You have the great shepherd that's talked about in Psalms 23. And then you have the chief shepherd mentioned in 1 Peter 5, 4, that is spelled out in Psalms 24. Here's how it reads. And when the chief shepherd appears... You will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. So you and I need to become familiar with the shepherd. It is Adonai, 
but it always points to our shepherd, Yeshua, Jehovah and Yeshua. Psalms 22 and 23 and 24, you'll want to become very familiar with so you get to know the shepherd. Now, what about my shepherd? David said here, the Lord is my shepherd. So we know what a shepherd is. We know who the shepherd is. What about my shepherd? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, you're here today. How do you know and can you know that he is your shepherd? You see, you will not receive the provisions found in Psalms 23 or all the Bible, for that matter, until he becomes your shepherd, until you're able to say with David, he is my shepherd. Now, I, I make a point of that because many people know who the president of the United States is right now, Biden. And so some people will say, he, I know he's president, but he's not my president. Well, to be fair, remember when Trump was running for office and, and took office? Everyone knew he was the president of the United States. Everyone knew that. But many people said, what? I know he's the president of the United States, but he's not my president. You can know that Jesus is Lord and Savior and King of Kings, but he's never become your shepherd. He has not taken the throne in your life. And until you do that, You'll not understand Psalms 23. You'll not understand his provisions. How can you know that you're his? Well, think about this. Jesus said in John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. They listen to his voice. Do you know when God speaks to you, when you're in the room all by yourself, do you know when God is really speaking to you when we're com communicating a message or when you're singing praises to him? Can you tell when his voice speaks? If you can, then he is your shepherd. I know some of you have seen this little teeny two-minute clip, but it's a good, vivid illustration of how we know who our shepherd is and the sheep will listen to him. One more time.
They are coming. Wow, do you behave like that when you, does your children behave like that when mom and dad call? <laughs> One of the ways you can tell he is my shepherd is you listen to his voice. He's speaking to us all the time, adjusting our lives, and we can either say yes to his voice or no to his voice. There's another way you can tell you're his child. And that is through obedience. The scripture teaches us that Jesus also said, if you know him and you say you love him, you will obey him. Another piece of evidence that you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, Lord. I love to obey you. And when I disobey you, I, I'm sorry, God. But you love to obey him. You hear his voice and you love to obey him. One other way of knowing you're his and that he's your shepherd. The spirit of God living in you testifies that you're his child. Romans 8.16 says, The spirit himself testifies with our spirit. We are God's children. Does your spirit inside you testify? I am a child of God. Knowing my shepherd means I know the provisions he has for me also. I have complete confidence in the one I know is my shepherd, Adonai, Jehovah, Rohi, is my shepherd. Now, in order to understand a shepherd, you got to know a little bit about a sheep. We won't spend long here, but remember, when David described the Lord as his shepherd, he was acknowledging that he was a sheep. It is equally important to understand the nature of sheep in order to fully understand this particular psalm. So here's a few things about sheep. Number one, they're dumb. They're stubborn, defenseless, without a sense of direction, prone to wander. Don't we sing a song about that? Prone to wander. Slow to recognize danger. It's amazing. Every time we sin, we do not know that danger is lurking right around the corner. Nervous and uneasy. Easily excitable and frightened. One thing certain about sheep, they will perish if left to themselves. If you do not have a shepherd here this morning, or you're looking in online this morning, if he is not your shepherd, you will perish, not only in this life, but you'll perish in the second life, the second death. You need a shepherd to guide you across the valley of the shadow of death. Also, we must remember what the Bible says about us, that we ourselves are like sheep, and all of us all of us have gone astray. No one is born a Christian. You don't just gradually become a Christian. There comes a point in your life where you make a decision. You could have done it when you're young. 
You may not remember the exact spot, the exact moment, but there was a day that you're born into the family of God. You don't coast into becoming a child of God. You are born into the family of God. And if you love him, Jesus said in John 10 again, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Well, I hope your confidence is building as we begin just to start off this psalm. Will you be able to say with me, Adonai is my shepherd, or Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. If you do, If you can say that, wow, the psalm is going to take on a lot more meaning. Now let's look, second of all, at confidence in the provider's provisions. Confidence in the provider's provisions. God wants to provide. The shepherd wants to provide all you need. Let's let's look at that passage in verse 1 or 2 again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He lays out two or three things. Remember, first of all, he wants to become your shepherd, so God is offering you his son. Are you going to take advantage of that gift? So he's providing for you by giving you the shepherd that you need in this life and in the life to come. Then he says, David said through the Holy Spirit, I shall not be in want. That's a place where we stop and Define another phrase. You have Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd, and then you have Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider, spelled out in the first verse. Jehovah Rohi, I shall not be in want because he is also Jehovah Jireh. Where do we get that picture from? Do you remember when God asked Abraham? to sacrifice his only son. Now remember, he was 90. He waited for his son for about 20 years. He finally gets his son. He's growing up with him. And then God said, I want you to sacrifice your son. A lot of people have a problem with this passage. But remember what we sang a while ago. God saw past the cross and saw the resurrection in the empty tomb. God saw past. You didn't. You're looking at the before, and you have trouble with God saying this, but God saw through that, and he saw the after. He asked him to sacrifice his own son. But remember, as he was about to go up in that mountain, he told his servant, you stay here. We are going to go up there and make a sacrifice, and we will come back. You see his faith? He couldn't offer his son overnight. His faith was building and growing. He was having more and more confidence in his provider, Jehovah-Rohi, his shepherd, that he was able to make that ultimate sacrifice. The scripture tells us in the New Testament that Abraham knew that God could raise his son from the dead. After all, he gave him a baby with a wife who could not have a child technically. And so he had all the confidence in the world in Jehovah Jireh that he will provide. You know, Philippians reminds us of the same thing. You see, David's writing this at near the end of his life, not at the beginning. We'll find that out because when he said, 
He restores my soul. Well, when he was a shepherd boy, a little teenager, he hadn't committed all these sins, so he really wasn't talking about restoration of his soul back then. But after life had passed him by, he was able to look back and see that he was Jehovah Jireh. God wants you to know that he will be your provider. Philippians 4.19. And my God, I don't care what it is, my God will meet your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I know many of young people fret. I remember being in your shoes. Now, like David, I've passed through those teenage years, those 20s and 30s, and wondering how we're going to make two nickels to make a dime, how we're going to pay our bills, what job we're going to have, where we're going to live in. And you worry and you fret about those things. But we look back, those who are older look back in our lives and go, why did I ever fret? He is my shepherd. So we want to tell you, young whippersnappers, listen, God will provide for you if you make him your shepherd. You do not have to fear about anything. He will supply your needs, maybe not your wants. He will supply your needs, not your greeds. And if you stay out of debt, you almost, you'll, you'll quit whining to God. You have not met my need. The problem is sometimes we're spending too much and yet God is meeting our need. You need to be like Paul and be content. You need to be like David and be content with what God has given you at this present time. He is meeting your needs. You can praise him right where you're at right now in your life. You can give him the honor and glory. If you can't give him the honor and glory now, do you think you'll be able to give him the honor and glory only when things are well? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. God wants to provide for your needs. What is it that you're needing from God right now? Perhaps it's him becoming your shepherd. Perhaps you need to be able to say, he's my shepherd. All the Old Testament points to Yeshua being your shepherd that you need. He also, in this passage, provides rest and peace. It isn't necessarily food because many theologians believe he's talking about food in the latter part of Psalms 23. Notice, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I can say that right now. There is nothing, and it is because God has been my provider. There is absolutely nothing I want except more of him, more of him, and that you would have more of him. And that this little area, this town would have more of him. And, and wherever I walk, they would have more of him. So my concentration is, is I'm able to be like Jesus. He wasn't concerned about himself. He was concerned about the kingdom of God. He was concerned about his father's will. He was concerned about us. Even in the upper room, I am so shocked that death awaits him. Cruelty awaits him. The cross awaits him. And he lovingly takes off his outer coat and serves the apostles and is an example to them how they ought to serve one another. He wasn't concerned about himself. Hmm. He wants to provide rest and peace in this busy, hectic life that you and me live in. You need to look to your provider to provide that time of peace and rest. Remember, he said, Take my yoke upon you. All the religious leaders try to put a lot of burdens on their people. A lot of governments 
Remember, they're called shepherds throughout the Old Testament. He said, you've not shepherded my people right. The governments try to heap heavy burdens upon us. And Jesus stands in the middle of both of them and says, listen, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what he offers us, rest in this wicked world that we live in. He leads them to a cool place to rest in green pastures. As I was reading about this, you may know this, but the NFL decided to change a lot of the stadiums from grass to turf. Well, what they quickly realized is that a lot of the turf heated up and got extremely hot, way hotter than grass. And so they ended up, in many places, getting rid of the turf and going back to the grass because the grass is very cool, especially later on in the day. And you can bring those sheep that have been traveling all day and eating in all different places. And, and this speaks of rest, this cool place where the grass is, where, they, where the shepherd leads them to the grass. Is a, is, you, you need to think about rest and coolness and refreshment. And he, and he leads them besides still waters. You see, sheep... Didn't, they were frightened of anything spooky like uh, rapids or uh, waterfalls. And well, think about a, a sheep. Remember, they had a lot of wool. If they accidentally tripped into the water and say, hey, let's go play and let's go fishing, they would never get out unless, of course, the shepherd got him out. So the shepherd knew where to lead these sheep, where they could rest quietly. And, of course, if they wanted a little drink, they would be able to do that. So God, the provider, wants you and me to know that he's ready to bring some rest to your minds and your hearts if you will get alone with him and be still and know that I am the Lord, you will find some contentment and solace there. Finally, the last thing I want to say this morning is the provisions for restoration of our souls. This is a big one here. Now, again... David said, he's my shepherd. He's passed through most of life. He has looked back on his life. He has seen at every station in life, every season of his life, how God has provided for him. I recall the time when he just kicked off his, he was kicking off his ministry before he was actually king. And remember, he was guarding the sheep. No one really hired him. His 400 men or more actually did it for Nabal. And he needed some food, and so he... Do you know the story? You recall the story, some of you. He went to inquire of Nabal and said, listen, none of my men have taken any of your sheep. He knew he was rich. He said, hey, would you, would you please give us a few sheep to eat? My men are hungry. And Nabal was a wicked, very selfish man. And he said, he isn't getting nothing from me. When David heard about it, he got some men, and they were going into town to kill him. But his wife caught wind of what was about to happen. God sent a woman to him. God provided for him in the midst of his anger, not the sin. And so Abigail came to him and said, please don't listen to that wicked servant. He's a wicked man. That's her husband she's talking about. I hope some of your ladies aren't talking about your men that way. And she said, here. And she brought great provisions God not only provided an escape from David sinning. Remember, for every sin you're confronted with, God said he will provide a way out. 
And God did it right in front of him. There it is. There's the provision sent via a wonderful young lady. And she brought provision. So he not only provided and kept them from sinning, but he also provided food and water and nourishment for him. God wants you and me to look to him as our provider, our Jehovah Rohi. But David also said this. It is funny that at that point, God kept him from sinning because remember Abigail said, you don't want that blood on your hand when you become king. She knew he was going to become king. All Israel seemed to know he was going to become king, except David didn't get the message yet. But you remember when he became king and he did commit adultery with Bathsheba and he committed murder. He, he was in bad shape. His body was racked with pain. He, he even had, the Bible describes it in such a way that he even had diseases, sicknesses, illnesses. He said his bones were wasting away. Listen, when we don't repent of our sins, it will affect your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health. Just listen to David. But David knew he is a God that restores. It says right here, He leads me beside quiet waters and he restores my soul. He wasn't saying this when he was 17 years old. He was probably saying this when he was 60, 70, 80 years old. I know, I look back. And he continually restored my soul. And I want to read this last passage to you found in Psalms 51. This is the passage that all of us have sinned. All of us come short of the glory of God. So all of us need to make Jesus our shepherd. But even when he becomes our shepherd, we need restoration from our shepherd. This is a good psalm to go to because I don't care what kind of sin you've committed. If you've committed murder and adultery, yes, you'll pay the human consequence probably, but you can be restored with God. That is amazing. You can be restored with God. Here's how that verse reads. Remember, he's in agony. He's in denial. Then all of a sudden, the prophet comes to him and tells him, listen, you've messed up in a big way. David did not hide his sin. He said, cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy. We sang about that a while ago. Let me hear joy and gladness. He didn't hear anything like this. If you're living in sin, you're not going to hear about this. If you're rebelling against God, there's not going to be any joy. There's not going to be any new mercies in the morning, every morning for you, unless you repent. But he's willing to receive you no matter what you've done, no matter what your sin is. He is willing to cleanse you and forgive you and bring joy and gladness. And let the bones David said, you've crushed, rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. This is a man after God's own heart. This is you and me who have rebelled against them when we've been saved. We've acted like little children at times against mom and daddy. I know what you told me, but but I'm not going to do it. And the parent just looks at the child going, oh, no. And they say it, how many times do they tell you? Over and over and over and over and over. The same thing for 18, 20, 23 years, and some of you are still 34 years old, and you still haven't gotten it. But, but you see the patience and the love of mom and daddy for their children? Can't you see the love of God for King David and for you and me? 
over and over and over. He is willing to forgive you. Don't let it keep you from walking with God, whatever sin you've committed. Just come clean with them. He said, now, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. See, this is a godly man talking. Here's the key. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I like the last part of it because he's left all of us with a mission. And I especially want to help those people that have messed up, royally messed up, and you think God's going to put you on a shelf and not use you. Well, what sin have you committed that's greater than David? We're not saying it's okay. You know you've suffered and I've suffered from our own sins. But can't you see hope? Can't you see our provider? Don't you have confidence in him that he will forgive you of all sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness? That's the good news of the gospel. But then he does it for a reason, for his sake. But here, here's the punchline. I like what David said. Then I will teach. How, how, could, it, how, how could a murderer and a, a drug addict or alcoholic or a, 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 an adulterer teach me anything? Well, David said, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. God wants to use you this morning. Are you confident that Jehovah Rohi is your God, your shepherd? If he's not and you're looking in online this morning, are you here? Please don't pass up this opportunity. Surely there's someone in here that he is not your Jehovah Rohi. What's keeping you from him being your shepherd? Call upon him. Whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. Acknowledge that Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood that we celebrated a while ago. And that blood applied to your sin will blot out every sin, every transgression, every evil deed, every wicked deed that you and me have ever committed. That's why we sing so much about him. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And then, unless he becomes your shepherd, what we're going to speak about in the coming weeks will not be yours. So many lost people run to this passage to find comfort. They, they kind of look at it mystically. It's not going to do anything for them because none of those, he, he's not their provider. He is, they are not in his fold. They don't listen to his voice. So they're not going to receive the provisions. He said he will provide rest, repentance, restoration, revival, and rewards. Remember, David said, I am going to turn sinners to you. You know what really will bring revival is us getting right with our spouses, getting right with our kids, getting right with our bosses, getting right with our neighbors. You see, it's the love that we have for God and one another that will help usher in revival. True repentance for rebelling against God. Listen, I'm a pastor. And I hate to say it, there are many subtle ways that I have rebelled against God. Now, I, I don't 
didn't want to make it sound really bad or anything. I don't know how my button got it. Maybe I'm being real. It could see my heart. But listen, we've all rebelled against God. We've all done things and said things. And so I've acted like a cotton-picking child at times. God's told me to do something, and I didn't do what he told me to do. That's rebellion. That's sin. We have got to come clean with that so we can receive the blessings in our lives. And there are many things he has taught us to do. Are you willing to listen to his voice? Would you stand at this time? Remember, you could come up and pray at this time. It doesn't mean you've done anything horrifically wrong. You could be praying for revival in our church. You could be praying for revival in your, in your, in your community or at work. You could be praying for a relationship. You could be praying for someone that needs to be healed. You could be praying for the Ukrainians. You could be praying for unity. Listen, any crazy kind of thing could happen. That's why Psalm 23 is so, so good at this time to be speaking about. Because if you watch the news every minute, and you're on social media every minute, listen, they've already got the world in a nuclear war. We need to run to our provider and find peace and rest at this time. Yea, they will walk through the valley of shadow of death. Thou art with me. Listen, if you called up on the Lord as your Savior, we'd love to know that, either by coming up front and telling us. I've accepted Christ as my Savior. If you're looking in online, you can fill out in the comment section. You've received Christ. It will come to our office on Monday, Tuesday. We'll get back a message to you and correspond with you. Make that decision today to repent and believe and receive restoration. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.